Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager with Cherry Beckert's Government Contract Services Group. And today with me is Rich Wilkinson, Director of Product Marketing from Uninet. Um, so today we're going to be talking, this is actually our second podcast in a series on indirect rates, how they affect GovCons, and why it's more than just a math exercise. Um, Rich, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Eric. Yeah. Uh, before we really jump into rates again, I know last well, last episode we talked about just rates at a high level and what they matter for why they matter for government contractors. And today we're going to jump into monitoring and why it's a great tool and why it, you know it's fantastic for project management. Before we again we jump in, can you just give a little bit of background about yourself and your role at Uninet? Sure. Uh, I've been all the way around the GovCon table, Eric. I, I was a contracting officer for eight years, and then I spent 10 years on the other side of the fence as a working controller. And then uh, I've been in the software industry now for more than 25 years, again, supporting government contractors, this time with accounting systems and uh, software of that type. So I've developed rates. I've used rates. I've been on the buying side of uh, rates and tried to negotiate them down, it's always a thorny issue. And it's one we all struggle with. Definitely true. And, you know, calculating your rates through that rate cycle from using budgets for your provisionals, monitoring then the actuals through the year based off the, uh, and comparing that to your bill, your provisional rates, the actuals to close out or incur cost mission then close out. You know, there's a lot of different checkpoints through the year, and you kind of have to get into a cadence and with that with that monitoring exercise. Do you just want to talk a little bit about how important that is, and what are some best practices practices when it comes to calculating our rates? Sure. You know, if you go through the the um, uh, standard form, uh, what is it? The the, the pre award survey. SF fourteen oh eight. Fourteen oh eight. Right. If you go through that fourteen oh eight process. One of DCA's questions is, you're, are you able to calculate your rates and how often do you do it? They want you to say, we do it every month. And when I was a working controller, that's exactly what I did. That's how I monitored my rates. I calculated them every month, but I'm going to make a little confession here. I didn't look at them for the first three months of the year. Because everything fluctuates for the first month or two, and fringe is wildly out of control the first month or two because of the way... Uh, payroll taxes uh, are done in this country. So about March, I'd start paying attention to them. And that's where you start asking yourself, am I on track? Uh, as, like we said in the last episode, the, the major question, whether you're a project manager or a controller is always, where am I? And I'd look at, at my rates and say, where am I? And if I was off course, too high or too low, though that was never the problem. Too high was usually the problem. What do I do about it? Do I go cut some spending somewhere to get the rates back where they need to be, or do I change my budget? And that's always the, the question. It might not happen in March. It might be June or July. But some point in the year, you're going to look at your rates and go, wait a minute, that particular indirect rate's not where I want it to be. Then what? So from that tracking standpoint, you know, you shouldn't be alarmed with those fluctuations in the beginning of the year. But as you're tracking throughout the year, you really should be trying to pay attention to what's happening in those pools and bases. 
And doesn't one make sense just from a sanity perspective? Um, now, two, it, you would want to make then a, a course correction or maybe make an adjustment if there is a change in your business of some sort or mid-year um, you do win a large award. So, you know, how does one go about to, or a company go about tracking the budgets and tracking to then actual events that occur through the year when, how does that impact the rates? Well, hopefully your ERP is giving you tools to do that. A place to, to put the budget into the system, to track it, to show budget versus actuals when you calculate your rates. Because when you see a rate that's not where you think it ought to be, the first question you have to ask is, is this a one-time aberration? Is it going to smooth out by year end? Or is this a trend I'm looking at? If March was a little bit high and April was a little higher and May was a little higher than that and June is higher still, now I got a trend on my hands. I want to know what cost elements driving at. Is it rent? Is it equipment? Is it people? Is it what? Did I misestimate my leave accrual? What exactly is driving this trend? And if it's not something you can fix, then you need to ask yourself, well, should I revise my indirect rates? And by the way, if there's any money at all at risk, the answer is always yes. Yeah. You can revise your indirect rates as often as you need to. If you did it every month, you'd irritate DCAA pretty good by year in. But I've worked for companies where we did it every quarter. We looked at the rates, and if they were even a little bit out, we revised our provisional rates. Well, and, and you know, that's a good, good point because I feel like a lot of, especially if you're smaller and you're new to government contracting or you're mostly commercial and you just won your first cost plus contract, that process of submitting your provisional rates and then asking to resubmit or just resubmitting, sometimes it's kind of like the, the boogeyman, like, oh, I don't want to upset the government because I want to, but you're, you could be leaving money on the table. And um, to your point, and then also from an audit standpoint, a financial risk, if, if there's too much of that variance, you could actually have impacts on your financial statements. Um, and there could be adjustments that have to be made from that standpoint if you don't adjust your rates and you run too high or low. Absolutely. And realistically, you know, there are people in the government I really don't want irritated with me, but they're in the program office or the contracting office. They're not at DCAA. I mean, I have a healthy respect for DCAA and a good bit of, of uh, admiration for the work they do. But having an auditor irritated with me doesn't disturb my sleep one bit. So if I need to to revise my provisional rates, I'm going to do it because there's cash at risk here. Yep. And I can use that cash in the bank a lot better than I can having it sit on my balance sheet as a rate variance. So that's a great, um, just my next question for you, actually. If you find there's a variance and you submit for new uh, new provisional rates, what should you do with that variance and when should you potentially bill that? Instantly. If DCAA told me this afternoon that my re revised provisional rates were approved, I would get it into my June billings because they're not out the door yet. And if they were out the door, I'd get it into my July billings as uh, and bill that differential. A good ERP system is going to do that for you. You just change your rates and tell it to produce a rate differential billing and it's going to do it. Uh, our system does it. Uh, there are other systems that do it as well. Most good GovCon ERP systems will do that. 
and it would be foolish not to. Again, that money doesn't do me any good sitting on the balance sheet as uncollected or unbilled. I'd rather have it in the bank uh, or pay down my line of credit with it. So I'm going to bill it just as soon as I can. And if my rates need revising again in September or October, I'm going to do it again and do another differential billing. Because, you know, a lot of your contracts, especially delivery orders, are going to run through 30 September. Yep. And if you've got a rate variant staring you in the face in August and you don't revise your rates and bill it, your program manager is going to spend that money by 30 September. And when you do revise your rates, there's not going to be anything there to bill against. You know, that brought up an interesting point that we get questions about a decent amount at Cherry Becker with our clients. In that, and, you know, you have rate variances and people are like, well, what happens if I win a new contract and I have to bring on 50 new or 100 new FTEs? And, you know, because of that, my I'm going to have to open up a new, uh, have new overhead expenses and have IT costs and new you know, everything. Should I should I price the, any new, this proposal uh, for this potential new work? Should I change my rates or should I use my current provisional? And we see it all the time that you should take into account potential new awards into pricing and using your rates for estimating purposes. But, um, you know, you just can't affect that, that base, that denominator that you need to affect right. itself too. You know, what are those increasing costs and how does that impact my rates? Well, there's one thing you definitely should do and one thing you definitely shouldn't do. The thing you should do is calculate what I call an impacted rate statement. You have your your actuals where they're actually running. And then you have another column for what the new contract is going to do. Increases in the pool and increases in the base. And then you calculate again. Here's what my rates will look like after I win this new job. Definitely should do that. And if you want to win, and I think everybody does, you're going to price based on that impacted rate. Because if it drops your overhead four, five, six points, you definitely want to use that lower overhead in your proposal to, to do your, your pricing. Yep. What you should not do is submit a revised provisional rate statement because you haven't won yet. Correct. Hold that until you actually win because you don't want to be billing lower than actual rates uh, on the hope of winning something, and then if you don't win, and not everybody does, you know. <laughs> if there are 20 people bidding on that job, only one of you is going to win. Uh, don't revise those provisional rates. Hold that until you do win. And those people actually start coming on board, and you see the rates start to fall, then revise that provisional rate. You know, and that's when you start that whole, that you start that cycle all over again of monitoring. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, you know, um, I think we're going to end at, so that's a perfect, again, segue to our next episode. We're going to be talking about closing out the year and monitoring and looking at the variances again as you close out the year and that impact. So, Rich, I wanted to thank you again for joining me on this second episode on Indirect Rates. My pleasure. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Have a great day.